0: Now Christianity has its 13th apostle,
1: a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ.
0: How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? God's will or our will? And can we do both? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The 13th Apostle, we explore the good, the beautiful, the true, and the deep of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host and erstwhile uh, theologian, Muck and Meyer, Dan <laughs> Duddy. That pause there. Right. Did did a little pause. <laughs> that
2: little pause made me nervous. <laughs> I guess erstwhile is okay. Muck and Meyer,
0: I'm all in. You definitely are. You definitely are. Now, we have something special tonight, don't we, Dan?
2: Yes, we do. We have two very dear friends on the air who we often speak about behind their back.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you added that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But tonight we're putting them out front and center. Yes, we are.
0: No, I say our radio family, our uh, streaming family. And listen, my son Kevin just got back from the depths of Africa and I believe that there are people over there in Burundi, Tanzania, Kenya, Rwanda who are streaming and listening to the 13th Apostle. Now, I wonder if some of them will recognize any one of our voices, but I think that, uh, you know, we have Jim Mulvihill. Welcome, Jim.
3: Tom, um, Dan, you can check.
0: Hey, Jim. Oh, oh, it oh. is that. Uh, and the name, pump, ladies pump, and gentlemen, the, the tears are he, flowing. Here is our deacon? Where's Deacon Chuck? And he's here, ladies and gentlemen. We put a big bow on him at gift wrap for our audience.
1: Welcome to another episode of Theological Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be here, Tom. That's what it looks like. We're in a Zoom call here, and it looks just <laughs> like uh,
2: what are the boxes? The uh, that oh. showed all the buttons. Po-
3: Oh, Hollywood Squares! Hollywood Squares,
2: yeah.
3: (laughs) Or the or the Brady Bunch, one of the two. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's
0: right, (laughs) Brady Bunch. Notwithstanding Deacon's title and Dan's active ministry, it looks like that Jim is the holiest one. Now that shouldn't be a surprise to people who know him. He's got a crucifix right above his right temporal lobe, and uh, so he's keeping us high and tight.
3: That's right. It's
0: easy for Dan and Deacon Chuck. Not so easy for me. So anyway, Deacon Chuck, to we'll start with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How you doing? How's uh, how you adapting to a life down in the deep south?
1: Wonderful. It's great. Uh very very Christian, uh, very Christian down here. And um, you ask a really good question, you know, about um, our wills and God wills, and can they are they congruent? And you know, the one that you said the, the comment you made, you know, can we do both? And I think that's such a great question because I would say, you know, yes, in as much as our will conforms to God's will, right? So there's the easy, thanks for the nice, easy layup.
0: <laughs> Later, The other part of that's going to come around. And, uh,
1: I, I'm sure it will. I'm sure you're going to you so. pose some question about, that'll just throw us all into, you know, uh, give us the night terrors. But <laughs> I think you're absolutely spot on. And it's a great question because we live in a world that, you know, just wants to do its own will, period. And I don't think it's so much that God doesn't want us to do our will. He wants us to do our will in as much as it conforms to his. So it's just kind of an interesting way of looking at it. And it shouldn't be a battle, right? We're always fighting, always grappling and fighting and, and thinking that it has to be some sort of a contest when in reality, uh, you know, it's it's not and it shouldn't be. And I don't know if you agree with that or if that, that bears more unpacking, but well, it definitely shouldn't happen. be that hard. You know, I think we look at it as like, wow, that's a really difficult thing. Not really.
0: It shouldn't be a difficult task to do. Jim, do you agree with that? you think
3: it's uh, easy peasy like Deacon Chuck just said? <laughs> Knowing me as well as you guys know me, you, you know that's, that's not easy for me to do. I was taken by what Deacon Chuck said about... Um, we feel like it's a battle. Who who is the battle with? Is it with ourselves, or is it with God? Sometimes I feel like I'm fighting with God, and and my struggle to do more His will instead of my own. I end up fighting with myself. I think so. It, it's for me, it's almost a, a battle every day, day after day. You know, and I think the more I look around and see the, you know, what goes on around us, it, it it's very difficult. You know, and it, it's it's that struggle to say, you know. <laughs> to look up which I do 100 times a day and just say do you really know what you're doing. Oh, asking God is as if yeah and then waiting for the thunderbolt, you know, or the lightning strike, you know, because he does know what he's doing. I just have a very very difficult time sometimes looking and seeing what I see and and wanting to bend to his will instead of uh, instead of letting my will over his, which isn't going to happen because I'm not going to win regardless.
0: And you you know we you know we know Jim so well and it uh, you know his language of bending that's a gymism, you know. It's uh, bending. Will he bend? Will each of us bend our will to God's? It's a, you know, I think of this iron bar that the big struggle to bend our will to God's will. What you're thinking of that, there, Danny?
2: Yeah, I like the idea of bend, and it definitely is a bending, you know, a give and a take, whatever way you want to put that. But the question in itself, to me, pulls or like our own masculine hearts into Christ daily, because I think we ask this question of ourselves every day. So the intrigue alone, I think, brings us into the heart of Christ himself. You know, we can go to uh son of man versus the son of God. And I think we find ourselves with the same, uh, that same masculine challenge every day. And if not for that challenge, I don't think we'd feel as alive as we do. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a masculine challenge. And I think what it does is It allows, by the nature of having this challenge, it allows us to grow daily as a man. And while doing so, which is our own will growing, we grow more deeply into the hands of God the Father himself in heaven, as Christ did, the Son of Man. So we find affirmations in our own self when we struggle with our will versus his. And, you know, I read a great reflection today. It had to do with sainthood. And I don't remember who wrote the reflection. We often want to become the way, you know, our, our favorite patron saints did. Whereas it's our own charism and our own will that's going to make us the saints that we should be. So we need to trust in our own will. We need to grasp it and understand that it takes our will to say, thy will be done. I think there's a lot
0: of masculinity in the question and in the answer. Well, the, I'll throw this out because the three of you, along with me, were participants in the Jacob uh, Retreat at discovery house in the uh pine barrens there mollica township new jersey with the it was jacob wrestling with god and you know i think that's kind of what we're talking about well jim was trying to discern and you know there's that discernment question uh, you know we're discerning you know how, and dan you and i've had at least a couple of episodes on discerning uh, god's will the challenge in that part of that goes to your Ignatian uh, exercises that you've been doing for the past several months, I think. You know, are we, Jim was saying, with whom are we We wrestling? Ourselves? Uh, with God, we want to do it. We we think we know the right way. And maybe we do. The, we can have a conversation with ourselves. It's not so easy to have this conversation uh, with God or a shouting match with God. I'm saying with. So I'm presuming that there's a, you know, there's a back and forth with God. We're not shouting at God because we really do want an answer, you know, which is what a lot of the Psalms say, you know, they're pleading with God. Where are you? You know, and of course, you know, Psalm 22, and then we get into Psalm 23. So where are you? Deacon Chuck, you run into this whole idea, discerning God's will, wrestling with, what is it? It's, can I, I can't hear him.
1: Right, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is, Jim, you raise a good point. I think that there's a better way, you know, we can wrestle, we can fight, we can, uh, it's, is it a bending meaning, you know, are we stiff as steel and, you know, it's always a a challenge and the hard part is to take the easy path. And I guess I can, if I can share just a little anecdote, there was a, a story of this guy who was uh, an understudy for, it was like a local play that was going on and you know, he always wanted to get into the play and he wanted to be a star and he wanted to get on stage. And he had one line that he was studying. There was another actor that he was the understudy for. And the one line was, hark the cannons roar. That's all he had to remember was, hark the cannons roar. So he repeated it for days, you know, days after days. Hark the cannons roar, hark the cannons roar, hark the cannons roar. And then finally, he got the big break. The star of the show got sick. He got called in. The Director says, You're on, you're on tonight. You know, you're gonna be great. You get out there, you say your line, and he's like, he's ready, he's gonna do it, he knows he's gonna do it. He's like, Hark the cannons hark the cannons. And he gets out there, he gets on stage, all of a sudden there's this huge cannon blast, and he turns around and says, What the heck was
0: that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> the, you know, we overthink it, I think, in some ways. I think we we overcomplicate it. It's it should be easy. We heard a number of weeks ago, you know, when we were going through our Lenten experience and all the readings and you hear about Moses, you know, being put in the basket, you know, and just drifting. He's a baby. He doesn't know what's going on. He's in this basket. And I think a lot of ways that's the approach, you know, just drift where God is sending you, you know, just imagine the baby kind of reaching over and Trying to paddle, you know, move away from the shore, or or trying to get out of the rapids. It's just no, no, no. You just we rest and gone and let the current take us where he wants to take us. Uh, so I would say, yeah, the path to choose that is a challenge. It's hard to do that. the hard to let go, to to not be in charge, to not be in control, to not be as what steel sharpens steel, right? You know, so but we're not called to that. We're not called to be in charge. We're called to be a child of God and be like that child. You know, and I don't say not do anything, but to really let go and, and to really discern what it is that we need to let go of.
0: Well, I can think of one time that I was uh, doing some uh, whitewater canoeing or coming to a little bit of a falls. And I was so enamored by the view that I took my paddle out of the water <laughs> Until Jim knows, and uh, good I move, Tom. My...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I only did it once, but that's one of those mistakes. Uh, and uh, you know, the water took me for sure, took me under for a little bit. You know, the washing machine banging off some rocks in the, uh, in the river and whatnot. So, but I wasn't focused on the task at hand, so I was kind of letting go, but in the wrong way. And uh, you know, I know that we've all faced uh, difficult decisions. I mean, it could be immediate decisions, life or death decisions. Others, maybe life or death, but a little not so immediate. You know, oh my God, am, am I making the right decision? You know, it to be any ramifications of this days, weeks, months down the road, years down the road. I can tell you, that I've got ramifications years down the road from making the wrong decision. But the... I know at the time that I did some of these things, I wasn't wrestling with God. <laughs> Not at all. I was going with what I wanted to do. and and uh, But those things have, you know, that you guys know this. I mean, they just, they've, because of the consequences, made me go in the various directions that I have gone to be better, realizing that I did my will. And I didn't do God's will, but there was no wrestling uh, about it at the time. So the wrestling came after when I was wrestling with the consequences. You know, so Dan, I know. You know, Jim's been involved in a lot of action on behalf of our nation. Dan's worked with boys so through a long coaching uh, football coaching career. You say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing in a certain situation. You question, you know, whether I did the right thing. Those are things that you guys deal with, I'm sure. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, there
3: no, is no. <laughs> silence. Now, it is. You have four thoughtful guys here, Tom. That's what, that's what it is. Absolutely. I keep turning back to what, what Deacon Chuck was, was talking about, about his latest comment was Moses in the basket and just go with the current. But I think part of my struggle is I think when I look at things, I think I'm doing God's will. I think the way I think and the way you would envision the way he wants things to be, that I'm, I'm kind of in in sync with him. I think my struggle is I, I find a lot of times, for whatever reason, it doesn't turn out to be that way. You know, I'm almost ashamed to sit here with you guys who are my dear friends and say that where it's not so much I'm trying to override God's will, which again, is not going to happen. But all along in a decision making process, I'll be thinking, "You're this is exactly the way God will want you to do it. This is exactly the way God wants it to be. And it turns out that that's for whatever reason, that's not the way it turns out. And I guess that I guess that's my issue. I, I, I told you. I guess the reward I'm looking for when when I finally meet meet him, if I do, you know, if, if you know, if there's enough, you know, if I can burn through my time in purgatory quick enough, you know, I, I if, if he would answer one question for me was, <laughs> What are you thinking sometimes? You know, now that I'm here, what are you thinking? It's you know, <laughs> I'm not down there anymore. Doesn't have to be mysterious anymore, but what are you thinking sometimes? And I think that I think that's really my struggle. I think I'm doing as well. I think I'm heading in the right direction. And it turns out that I'm out of phase 180 degrees. Just may, it makes it tough some. It makes it tough sometimes. You know, and of course that leads to some of my vociferous discussions with with our Lord. You know, at which point my wife usually comes running down the wall with a frying pan ready to hit me. What are you saying that for? What are you saying that for? You know. You know so. me an angel, the messenger from God.
0: Oh, well, yeah. yeah, that's
3: my two cents. Yeah, well, Danny, you got a long
0: history
2: with a whole, whole lot of boys. Well, football has been and continues to be a huge part of my, my life, my upbringing. And uh, so much was learned from there. And by the grace of God, so much was taught as I continued in my vocation as the coach. I remember my coach, uh, who was a great Christian man would not oftentimes thank goodness but uh, i remember saying one time to me danny stop being a cork in the ocean with this north jersey accent meaning that i was kind of floating with the tide instead of getting my feet on the ground and taking care of business myself and that's not by any means uh in criticism of the uh the analogy earlier about you know floating with the boat or whatever uh, because, you know, we do have to discern God's will, as Jim is saying, and that's the, the challenge that opened the show. You know, we're, we're here to be leaders, providers, and protectors, you know, in this world. We know what's happening with this world because men are failing in those areas. So, and, uh, you know, they're not getting to the church and, you know, where our seminaries are low on, on good men. So, I mean, we are absolutely called to flex our wills, the muscles of our souls here on earth. As men, and Saint Joseph is the greatest example of such. And what an amazing affirmation that he got! You know, he was with, he was with the, the Son of God. Uh, and I always laughed at Father Groeschel saying, "How would you like, like to be Saint Joseph, come down to breakfast every morning to the <laughs> Immaculate Conception of the Son of God?" You know, but he had to flex his will, and he was really the only true earthly being. You know, you had the Immaculate Conception, born without original sin, and you had the Son of God, and and the guy who had to get the job done. Was an earthly man named Joseph who really had to flex his will, yes, listen, you know, discern, but he is the one that got them moving and gave us the greatest example of men flexing their wills here on earth, leaders, providers, and protectors. That's the affirmation that I was leaning toward when I first spoke is that in that struggle, and I would say in that challenge, a very exciting challenge. We find the affirmations. We listen to God, the Father in heaven to discern, but we also get answers and affirmations from our will, moving our will.
0: Deacon Chuck, we're, yeah. we just got finished with the Passion of, of the Christ, with the uh, Lent, Easter, yeah, the Triduum yeah. Easter. Haskell Mystery. Amen. Jesus wanted the cup. His will was to have the cup pass, pass him by. You know, but obviously he said, you know, not my will, but yours. He didn't want to do that. No. And it, and that's the, you know, so again, you
1: know, I don't want to oversimplify it by saying uh, that easy feels good. Right. Because we all know that feelings are not fact. Right, Tom? <laughs> no, I mean, feelings are not. sure infallible. words. <laughs> feelings are not infallible. And I think that's what we, we always end up chasing. So, well, if I'm doing God's will, yeah, I should feel great. Uh, no, it doesn't. And just like St. Joseph, he knew, you know, he didn't have all the answers, right? He got them as they they were fed to him by God. He was open to the Holy Spirit, open to the messages of God. Okay, I guess today we're going to Egypt. Okay. Was that his will? Probably not. But conforming his will fully to God's, he did it. Did Christ want to consume this cup of suffering? In his humanity, he wanted to let it go, but he said no. And he drank it to the bottom. And that's what we're called to do, to drink the cup to the bottom, which is not not one that we create or that we fill with our own devices or decisions. You know, we we fill it with what God provides us with.
0: So what if we're not actively trying to discern God's will? Uh, So... Jesus is doing God's will, and so God's will is okay. You got to die, right? Yeah. So die. Ultimately, and
1: I, I will go back to the what Jim had said and, and Dan echoed was bending. Right, this bending. Ultimately, we will, <laughs> whether you want to or not. Okay. Guess what? You get older. Have you met an older person that isn't starting to bend already? That isn't already heading down? Like I mean, we're our bodies just all of a sudden we start. We start bending, you know, with we, we things we can't hold on to things anymore. There was a priest who explained how uh, as we get older, like, oh, gee, you know, my, my hands used to work so well. And now I keep dropping everything. You know, I, I, I used to be able to see now I can't. And, and you know, our, our bodies start to just ultimately give itself over to God's will, which is that, you know, we're not called to be in perfect health here on earth forever. Ultimately, we will let go whether we're discerning it or not.
0: So can you do, so you, am I right in thinking that you can, you're saying that you can do God's will without having discerned whether or not it's God's will. You're not even paying attention to this. So did pilot, I, did pilot me, do God's will? Let me ask so you, you know, one of the things that at one point
1: I had a job, my wife had a job and there was an option this thing with insurance that uh, you could opt out. Hey, right? uh, one of us could opt out of the insurance, um, where we didn't have to take it. So you'd get some money back and you didn't have to pay for insurance. I think it's the same way. We can opt out of doing God's will. Can you
0: do God's will without having discerned it?
1: I don't know if you're talking about his his directly willing something or Mm -hmm. his permissive will. I mean, it's all divine providence,
0: right? If Jesus had to die on the cross and he couldn't commit suicide, he had to have help. So if God's will was that Jesus dies on the cross, he's got to have help. From Judas, from Pilate, from the Sanhedrin, are they part of doing God's will? Yeah. Well, I would extend your comment that it
1: wasn't just that God wanted Jesus to die on the cross. That—that's not a period there. That's a there's a comma at the end of that. But he had to do he, it. He had. Well, he God chose that was the method of our salvation. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. So, right. Yes, and it was part of. So, what
0: about the players? What about those players that I mentioned? Did they do God's will without, for all we know, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, they believed that they were doing God's
1: will. Did Adam and Eve do God's will, right? By, you know, of course, you know, God never wills us to sin. He never desires that we sin, yet we do. Can God bring about good things from it? Yes, that's what we say. You know, we, we praise the, you know, that fall, you know,
0: that earned us so great a savior. You know? But you're, you're talking about actively discerning. And what I'm saying is if you're not actively discerning, and, and again, maybe the Pharisees were discerning God's will from what Scripture says. Or
1: as best they possibly could. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So whether we're, yes, I mean, could we find our way? You know, we're never going, I know we're never going to surprise God. You know, he's not, you know, is going to wake up in the morning and say, oh, Tom, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. I didn't know you were going to ask this series of questions that nobody could actually answer, but no, he's, of course he knows. knows. Of course he knows. Yes. so do we operate within God's divine providence and within his will? Of course we do. Can we opt out of doing what he desires for us, which is our own salvation? Can we opt out? I believe that's possible. I think Jesus speaks directly to that.
0: We hear that clang of cutlery on. With uh, like that, we're out of time, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's <laughs> reminiscent of the Deacon's Table, at, uh, <laughs> formerly on wqphradio.org, but in the archives and in our hearts and minds, Amen. as is the good Deacon. Any closing comments, Danny? No, I just think, you know, God is magnificent. He knows
2: all and it's all part of the plan. I mean, our Lord called out Judas and Judas said, surely not me. They knew what was going down. It's all in there. I don't have the answer, except uh, there's magnificence there of, of all knowing all. So it's all I got. It's all
0: I need to know. What do we got coming up next there, Dan? Uh, stay tuned, folks, for the Angelists and your prayer intentions with Peter and Jemmy. I want to thank uh, the estimable. Uh, Deacon Chuck Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. We can't spell Jim's name, you know, for security reasons, Uh, but uh, God bless both of them. God bless you, Danny. And we're going to have another conversation with these illustrious men coming up in the next episode. Thanks to the WQPH Radio. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for your support. Marianne, Jean, James, God bless us all. God bless you, Danny. God bless you Tom God bless you all God bless guys
4: God bless So we want to let you know how much we appreciate all your support you've given us through the years We have an Eternal Life Radio Guild and what does the guild do? The Eternal Life Radio Guild contributes monthly or quarterly what they can afford to give Our smallest one is $5 a month $10 a month We have people who have given us $30 a month that don't listen in even the radio area because they know the value of evangelizing and telling the truth as it really is, as our faith taught us. Our mother Angelica would say, keep us between your electric and your gas bill. We need to make the same request. I know some of you support EWTN and that's very good, but don't forget, we have a cell tower that we have to pay every month. The bill is now going from $1,100 a month $1,400 a month and that's a lot of $5 contributions. Maybe you've been blessed and you sold a piece of property and you want to tithe something for God. What more could you give God but Catholic Radio in our area? We serve three prisons. We have a lot of people listening uh, that are older, they're homebound, they're in nursing homes. We really need to reach out to more people. So if you can contribute, there's two ways. One is to go on our website and hit the PayPal button, and you can donate. If you'd like to be a member of the Guild, you can let us know. You can call us at our station, 978-343-0893, or you can write to us at Post Office Box 589, Medford, Mass., and by the grace of God, we're just able to send out a big mailing of 1,800 letters to our supporters, but we need to hear from you. I know if even if you can say a prayer, that's going to help us. But a donation is very much appreciated right now. So you can send that donation if you're going to mail it to WQPH Radio, Post Office Box 589, Medford, Mass., 02155.
1: Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey@faithpilgrims.com. at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?